0: Yo, what's up freaks? Envy Marshall here, and welcome to the Envy Marshall Show. Tonight, I am joined by the very special Mr. Ryan Roxy, and we talk about what it takes to make you a world-class entertainer, from dreaming in your bedroom to playing Madison Square Garden. Stay tuned. I'm just going to start, but before I go on, can you hear the gig that's playing out the
1: front of my house? There's literally 10,000 people out the front of my house at a live show.
2: Well, that's actually quite refreshing, but no, I don't hear a single thing. Yeah.
0: It tasted better than it should. I the devil in the eye, I took a hostage, and I took
1: him Tonight I am joined by
0: guitarist from Slash and Snake Fit, Alice Cooper, singer, songwriter, total badass, my mate. Hi, on, Roxy, <laughs> how are you?
2: What is happening, MV Marshall? Nice but to be here.
1: I haven't seen you since this time last year. I thought it'd be really special for us to get together on Valentine's Day because the last time I saw you was when you guys were rocking Rod Laver Arena on the fourteenth of February last year in Melbourne.
2: I remember. Has anything happened since then? Really?
1: Has anything happened <laughs> since that gig? No,
2: you no. You were the last. Nothing one. at all, right?
1: We all just gave Business up. Business we as like, normal. How was it? No. Airborne, Alice Cooper, you guys rocked it. And we were just like, yeah, we're done with gigs now. That was that
2: was great. No, that's not the way I was thinking. I was, thinking, <laughs> this is a great way to start the year, and this is going to be a kick-ass year of touring. And then uh, the world had other plans, apparently. Yeah. But, uh, don't forget about MC50. I think they opened up the show as well. And oh yeah. It was a it was a really cool uh, triple bill, and yeah, I like triple bills. I've always loved the uh, triple bill sort of show even more. I mean, I guess a more, it turns into a little bit more of a festival type of thing, but with three bands playing at one show, you get the best of every world. And you know what slot I would rather have in any triple bill? The middle slot is always the best. Yeah. You the energy is better. Opening band primes them up. Then you go on as the middle slot. And then, you know, the headliner, traditional headliner goes on third and, um, you know, they have to live up to the second band's energy. And like I said, it's, it's, it wasn't always easy to do that on this triple bill because airborne was kicking ass every night. So, um, I always, if I, if I was going to prefer something, I'd take the paycheck of the third band, but then take the slot of the second band. Yeah. (laughs) What we did with the Motley crew tour when, uh, for like, you know, almost two years we were able to, uh, do the final motley crew tour and we were uh sort of the middle slot of that we went on right before motley uh every single night in all these bucket list arenas and for me it was great because we get to play our rock show um and then just you know pretty much chill out for a second and um next thing you know we get to go watch the end of motley crew and it was great
1: yeah. Great. Great energy. So obviously a lot's changed this year, 2021. You know, the last time I saw you, a lot has changed. So I'm not going to put my head in the sand and say nothing has changed. What's changed no for doubt. you, but things have changed a lot. Are you finding more now that there's a lot of collaboration going on and you're changing up the way you do things like what's, what How have you adapted and how have you pivoted in this time?
2: Um, I am finding out that, and it's a good thing that I did start a podcast like you're doing and a show like you're doing. I do something similar within the trenches. Um, I'm kind of happy in some ways that I started it before the pandemic because I realized how hard it could be if there's no pandemic, you know, and it's still hard to put on any show regardless at at any time of any state of the world. Mm. But I started it a, a tiny bit before and I was having a hard time nailing uh, people to come down and commit to doing an interview because they were all working or recording mm. or doing so mm. when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden all these open uh, interviews and slots and time just you know sort of opened yeah. up and I was able to uh, get a lot of people on my show, a lot of bucket list sort of guests that I always wanted to talk to and interview and I was able to, to to get them to commit so uh, you know unfortunate because of the pandemic but fortunate uh, that there was extra time for all of us to do this kind of stuff
1: yeah I was going to ask that like, what's the biggest blessing that's come from this for you out of, well, of out of the I out of the pandemic what's the biggest blessing what, do, what can you take from it
2: two things um that I could take from this really tumultuous you know seemingly crap ass uh, <laughs> t- way you know yeah <laughs> seemingly crap time. ass
1: I'm gonna hashtag that
2: all right Very good. You can have that one. But the thing is, I I feel that because I was able to uh, get a lot of guests and and sort of cultivate the community with the podcasting and help it grow, that was kind of a cool thing that I was able to do in 2020, as well as put together a really cohesive new guitar learning system that I have out now called the uh, system 12 guitar method. Cause I actually had the time to yeah. film it, produce it, raise money for it. And now it's complete. And I really think that it's one of the best ways to sort of start your guitar journey. If you're thinking about playing guitar and you know, that's pretty much my mission now is to get as many people playing guitar as possible. Like yourself.
1: Yeah. And I was going to say that about the, the, the method. Cause I was looking it up and I'm, want to talk to you about this during the show. Maybe we can sort of tee up a challenge, which I think will be really cool. But it's for anyone at any level. So you it's beginner, um, intermediate. I,
2: yeah, or- I would say it's 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 best for the beginners and intermediates because at at a certain point we want everybody to fly from the nest. We want everyone to sort of, you know, start going down that YouTube rabbit hole by themselves and start that self-learning by themselves. And you're gonna do that regardless. I think however far you get into your guitar journey, hopefully it's to the point uh, where you are just taking it upon yourself to learn and get better. Um, But what the system 12 does is I think it gives you probably the best foundation you could ever have um, for getting to that point where you can teach yourself Mm. and we do it in a relatively simple way, really easy to understand and whether you've never played guitar or you have some knowledge of guitar or you have, you know, a bit of knowledge, I say beginners to intermediate, it's a really good foundational course that you can uh, get in there and uh, learn a whole bunch of new sort of tricks and tips and all, pretty much all my experience that I've had playing guitar and teaching guitar for the last 40 years went into that course.
1: You know why you interest me? Because why? you're literally a man that is living his passion. He's doing what he loves. He's everything else. You've burned your boats. You, there's no other job for you. This is what you do. This is who you are. And I think there's a difference between, you know, being good and being great and you are one of the greats let me say that well thank you, you very much Anna. what do you think what do you think makes uh, the difference between being good and being great uh
2: exactly what you just said doing what you love to do you can i think a lot of people been, can be really good at something um, and get good at something i'm learning you know different things throughout the years i've I, you know I dipped my toe in the trading world and I was really interested in it. And I thought it might be something that I could sort of put in a new passion to it. And then I found out that it wasn't, you know, it it takes a whole nother type of personality to be a good financial trader. It it, it takes, it takes crazy balls. It takes, uh, you know, a lot of time, just like learning an instrument. But for me, the true passion being on stage, performing for people, and being able to play this instrument that I've played since a very young age, um, I've, I've just always loved it. And I, I guess I don't consider it as much of a job as I do something that it's just what I do. And if everybody can find it is what is what they do, and they're good at it, and they can find a way, some way to make money out of it and make a living at it, then do that. Because I understand about making a living. I understand about doing a lot of other things, you know, other than what your true passion is to make ends meet. I get it. But there is a way, and I'm really confident about that, that you can do what you love and make a, a, make money from it. You know, it's like, and, and that whole talk about, well, music is so competitive and such. No, there's competition in any field that you decide to be successful mm-hmm. in. I don't care if you want to be the best plumber, you know, in your town, there's still going to be some other plumber that's going to be vying for that same business or whether it's, you know, so you just have to, you know, pick and sort of find out what it is that really drives you really is your passion. And then, focus on it, hyper-focus on it, and do something every single day. I mean, a lot of these sort of lessons that we have, I guess they're maybe life lessons, are sort of uh, peppered in to the uh, System 12 because there's a, uh, a phrase that I was taught and I hand it down to my students that take the System 12. It's practice, persistence, and patience. Those are the things that I feel, the three Ps that really help you um try to, you know, get to that point where you can make a living doing the thing that you love?
1: You can be good. I think you can be good at something. And there are plenty of good people that are great, practic- practically good, but then they don't get on stage or they don't take it to the next level or they just, they, they, there's that there's a block. So I think um, what I'm asking is that what is the difference between you're saying that practice and persistence and continue, but there are a lot of people yeah. that have all that, but still don't go that extra mile. There's a lot of passionate people well, that don't. They- patience right. Right. and
2: that's just- that's a t- the last one is kind of like the most <laughs> important one because i think too many people uh they want it, especially in this world that we live in now, in this sort of instant gratification world that we yeah. have. Yeah. It's like we we want things and we want we're all Veruca salts. You know, I want a you know, Golden Goose and I want it now. So for those of you that don't know, that's uh, the original Willy Wonka uh, movie, which is one of my favorites, even though the Johnny Depp version is great. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But guess what? The original Gene Wilder, 1970s Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory will always be superior, just so you know.
1: You're in Sweden. And the last, I met you in Sweden. I met you in Sweden in 2011 at Sweden Rock. Wasn't it
2: festival. at a Sweden Rock Festival? Yeah. yeah big I met Festival. It's one of Europe's biggest festivals, folks. Um, the biggest European festival that I've been lucky enough to play a couple of times is Vaken. And that's mm. in Germany. And that has about 80,000 people in it. But Sweden Rock, for some reason, it's just full on party from the, you know, Thursday that it starts or maybe even Wednesday now to the, you know, Saturday night where it ends. It's just a full on Swedish party. And a lot of people think that it's in a, you know, one of the major cities, Stockholm or Gothenburg. No, it's out in the middle of nowhere. That's why there's nothing else to do but rock and party. Yes. And- a bunch of other debauchery. <laughs>
1: ah it, right? Yeah. Uh, Which oh, one? I it's in Krinistjad, isn't it? Am I saying that right?
2: Krishanstad, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Somewhere <laughs> around there. But it's like yeah. it's out on this field. It's yeah. been there forever and uh yeah, fingers time. crossed it'll happen. It'll again. be back.
1: It'll be back. Who are you playing so, with? Maybe not even your... this
2: year, but you know, we'll see.
1: Who are you playing with when I met you there? you with
2: um us? I'm not sure if it was 2011. It was before I got back together with Alice Cooper. So okay. I might have just been guesting. Okay. Um, I've been lucky enough when I go down there, I was working with Gibson Guitars at that point, okay. just pretty much chilling on the uh, the Gibson bus that they had down there doing a bunch of interviews, kind of what cool. you know was sort of the start of this idea that I had for... Uh, big rock show, which turned into In the Trenches, and which is now the In the Trenches podcast. But it's basically just having these conversations with rock stars and entertainers and um, just full-on personalities that, uh, you know, in the back of the bus. And I wanted to bring that to the forefront and have people, you know, be inspired by their conversations.
1: Hmm. Well, in in Sweden at the moment, I know the laws are different everywhere. I don't want to get too deep into the COVID thing, but I heard that you guys were kind of, not exempt, but there was a while there where you guys weren't as locked down as we were here in Australia. Was Is that right or am I wrong?
2: There was a time when everybody was looking at the Swedish model as, hey, they did it right. And mm. there was another time it, when it went it, when 180 degrees different yeah. where people were going, no, that's not the right way. So <laughs> I, th- I really think it's still a gray area. And I do remember the official saying from the beginning because they didn't have these uh, severe lockdowns because they thought it was more important for the economy to uh, survive as well as, you know, people take it upon themselves to sort of social distance, which this country does. You know, um, my daughter, who's, who's quite young, who's, who says some really smart things a lot of times, she goes, you know, the way that it worked out in Sweden, uh, the way the plan that they implemented she doesn't think, and I now agree, wouldn't work in other places because you have to understand the complete population of Sweden is about nine to 11 million, uh, you know, somewhere around there. And it's like, that's the population of Los Angeles, Mm. you know? So you can't do the same sort of plan when you have that many people across a whole country. That's basically the size of europe Mm. you know sweden's a big country people don't see it they they just look at it and they go oh it's at the north pole well yeah it's at the Mm -hmm. north pole but it it goes down quite south you know Mm. and so the thing is i i really do feel that a lot of the things that that we did implement here would not work would not have worked in in you know other bigger places and in compact uh cities and and populations because you could just see it by the numbers you know the numbers of uh all that kind of stuff in stockholm which is the biggest city compared Mm. to the rest of the uh country is is crazy so yeah who really knows i mean thank god i'm a rock and roll guitar player yeah you know not a doctor
1: did you ever get um did you ever go to quarantine or have to do any of
2: that stuff i've been do this is my quarantine i've been spending 90 eight percent of my time just basically in this room whether it's doing live streams (laughs) recording and you know doing the guitar lessons or uh doing the podcast so yeah i you know my wife (laughs) tries to get me out of the house like you know once a day and if i get down to if i get out of the house once a day and like walk down to the local uh you know like walk down to the local store and get some stuff for dinner and bring it back to cook it. That's like, wow. a huge. Thing. <laughs> is this because is- it's like you were
1: on the road so much and now you've got this gift. You're like, Oh my God, I can be in my house.
2: It might be because I, yeah, for the last, I can't even remember how many years. I mean, definitely since you know, cause I, I started Alice in 96, right? 1996 toured with him off and on all the way up until 2005. Then there was a big break when I moved to Europe and moved mm. to Sweden. Mm. So there was those years where I was still working. I was still, you know, traveling around but it was mostly in Europe. But then since 2012, I really haven't spent that much time like you said in my own house so yeah I and, and I'm and I'm quite comfortable with spending time in an enclosed area like you know I spend a lot of time in hotel rooms or dressing rooms anyway when I'm on the road so this to me is not that much different um yeah I, I I'm I should get out more
1: <laughs> but you've been out you've been out for years like this is your opportunity just to sort of ground and Perhaps, yeah. be home and yeah, yeah. connect I want to go back to what we we're talking about before about great being good, being great. And there's another gap there, which is being good, being great. And then there's being world class. And that's something that I like to study um, the next level. So, what's next after that? What, you know, someone that's pursuing their passion and is at the top of their game, what separates them?
2: <laughs> uh, luck, you know. Yeah. Uh, right place, right time, wrong place, a lot of wrong times. But persistence and patience to, to, you know, get to that right place. I think, I mean, I've been lucky enough to be in you know, associated with those, like you say, iconic names, like the household names, you know, when you introduced me, you you said Alice Cooper and everybody in the room knows Alice Cooper. When he comes into the room, you know, you, you just know everyone whispers or, or, or turns their head and like, that's Alice, that's the Alice Cooper um, slash is another one. That's uh, been, you know, just again, a, a household name, but how do you get to that? I don't know if it's like any hidden secret. It's just, sometimes you just allow it to happen. Mm. Some A lot of times we put those roadblocks in front of ourselves, mm. you know, with our own self doubt or our own, you know, uh, uh, like I said, doubting ourselves and, and we, we can't do that. You have to like really believe what you're, you know. What you're mm. doing and what you're selling mm. and there's no doubt that when you watch alice cooper on stage and he becomes alice you know from the time that he gets into the venue and um from the time that he he sort of walks into the venue and and becomes you know turns on the clothes turns on puts on the eye makeup he's he's believing it a hundred percent
1: you mm. know mm. So that's interesting to me because getting out of your own way as an artist is obviously a big thing. So you have to believe what you're doing, but there are certain people that are, that do have doubts. And are you saying that you've never doubted yourself or have you doubted yourself?
2: Definitely I've doubted myself before. I mean, there's no about, ba- there's there's no, uh, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> I think we all sort of question, mm. uh, is there, am I really, you know, is this really going to happen? Am I really good enough? Am I really uh, worthy of this? And I think a lot of that has to do with your own ego. And um, I think when you can take a step back, and you can sort of rationalize all the good ideas uh, that you do have, and give yourself credit for them, and then pursue them and focus on making those ideas uh, and dreams become reality, then all that other kind of ego stuff and doubt stuff goes away because you you turn you change from doubt to intention and when you intend when you change from wishing for something to happen to intending something happen that's kind of important that's something that I've learned in the last few years it's like i i now don't desire and and wish for things to happen i intend things to happen if they don't and they don't happen then you know then there's another plan for it and you, you but if i intend for something to happen it nine times out of 10 usually happen.
1: So I guess there's a difference between hoping and expecting. And like you said before, intending versus, you know, wishing or whatever, there's a different energy in that. And I think when you're, there's that, there's that big energy behind something. Like if you're expecting something to happen,
0: you're, you're,
1: you're certain. And I think certainty versus uncertainty, I think that might be a big difference between someone that makes it and someone that doesn't like, having that just true belief in what they're doing. And like what you said before, going back to the system 12 guitar method, that comes from just fundamentals and drilling them into yourself and having that subconscious level of mastery, not just the
2: conscious. Exactly. Mm. The other thing is, and I know that it, it it goes against pretty much everything that we're kind of raised to believe is that um, the competition thing. If you look at your fellow musician And you look at them as a competitor. And I know it's sports. It's, it's, it's really hard not to, but I think a lot of great sports figures do realize this. That's why they're not completely gutted, gutted, gutted when they lose a game because they know there's going to be another game. Um, I feel that. With musicians, sometimes there's so much competition that you start looking at the other musician in a negative light, where in reality it should be nothing but support and realizing that we're there's enough room for all of us to do our thing. Mm. There's enough room for all of us to be successful. Mm. It doesn't mean that there's, there's just one spot for it. All right. And too many times we get caught up in the well, this person has this many followers and this person, you know, I'm guilty of it myself. Trust me, folks. I, 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 but I have to catch myself constantly saying, look, don't compare. The minute you start comparing yourself to another artist, then, then it's, it's putting a negative uh, taint on, on the whole experience Mm -hmm. and the experience should be, you know, that's, that's another thing that I say is all the time from to myself. And I, I, introduce it in the system 12 guitar method is enjoy the ride because mm. this world, whether you choose to play guitar or whether you choose to be a race car driver, or whether you choose to, you know, play golf for whatever it is that you decide to, that you want to do, you have to enjoy the process of mm. doing it. And that's why I say, enjoy the ride. Always, always, because you know, it is a ride. And if you view it as a ride, you realize that, you know what, at one point we're all going to get off that ride. And so we might as well enjoy it while we're on it. Are
1: you quoting Bill Hicks?
2: I don't know if I am, but he a little know, bit. Do... If You like Bill? Yeah, all right, all right. I I, I mean, dude, I listen to enough podcasts and and comedians' podcasts and their shows that he, his name comes up constantly. Okay. So I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just know.
1: to ride, he says it's, that it's, it's either write. Bill
2: Hicks or Jordan Peterson or Todd or or <laughs> Joe Rogan or you know Andrew Schultz. It's I mean, there's so many like really good speakers out there, mm. you know, doing mm. their shows and doing the things and Envy Marshall as well.
0: Oh, bless.
1: So, that yeah. when, you, when you say competition, I love that because what I think um, competition comes from the Latin word conspire, which means conspire together. So, I think people look at it like where it's a negative thing. Like, I'm competing against that person. I've got to get the follower and I've got to get my name out. And I'm, but there's literally, when we're working in the same environment and working together, it's an energy and we can like build each other up. We can stand on each other's shoulders. And I think that's a big part of, yeah, like I've done it too. Like, I've got like looked on stage and gone, why, why hurt? And then that's such a limiting energy that, that diminishes my strengths. It doesn't make me stronger.
2: Exactly. And the other thing is, it makes you feel like you don't deserve to be in the room. Mm -hmm. Like when you walk into a room and you see a bunch of other people that you're either intimidated by or feel this sort of competitiveness with it, then all of a sudden you feel non-deserving about being in the room. And I'm constantly telling myself, you've worked hard enough to do this, Ryan. You're not a household name. Don't go kidding yourself. You've been lucky to be associated, you know, with a lot of sort of great names and great musicians throughout your whole career. Everyone's helped you. But at the same time, you deserve to be in the room. You can, you know what? If I walked into the room and Paul McCartney was there, Dave Grohl was there, Kurt, ghost of Kurt Cobain was there. <laughs> and chicken, you know, like my favorite band, Cheap Trick, was all there and yeah. Alice was there. I'd be like, yeah, I deserve to be, you know, at least standing in the room with these guys. I might not have had as many hits. I might not have have had as much accolades put on me, but at the same time, I feel that I deserve with what I bring to the table. And I know what I bring when I perform live that I deserve to sit in the room.
1: And that's amazing because that's just self-talk and a a massive part of being a show like an entertainer being on stage you've got to master that self-talk because not only are you being I don't know we must be insane not only are you being judged by peers you're being judged by the people in the audience but you're not look but the thing is you are because we're all human beings and something has to happen in your brain where it you your self-talk is stronger than the self-talk of everybody else's in the
0: room on
1: social media everywhere else so does it come Think down? about it.
2: Nobody, yeah. nobody talks to you more than yourself, <laughs> and and nobody's with you more than your, you know, more than yourself. You are well, in this. Our in This world, huh? Our phones this are. Is, well, if you look at Elon Musk, this is just an extension. If you listen to him, this is just going to be an extension of us. This yeah, is going we're to cyborg. be the avatar self so you know yeah. this is a little bit of an extension look at you look how close it is to you look at it is for me I
1: was like I yeah so the voices in yeah there there there's a noise in my head that is me we have 60,000 thoughts a day or whatever and most of them are the same so breaking through and replacing those thoughts is a big part of self-mastery I think that's huge but then you get you pick this up and it's like every five minutes it's just but and you're like uh. so you've got to train yourself away from reacting to to that yeah. too to the you've news to the things that pop up so that's interesting. So, but yeah, I think that's what I, that's what that's what I'm bringing this back to, and that's why you, you fascinate me because a big part of what you do on these big shows and, and how you do it, there must be a a big part of you that has mastered yourself, mastered the way you think, mastered the way you behave to get to a certain level, and that that's what's very very interesting to me. So that so what are you saying to yourself? Like, what are you saying to yourself? Is, is, do you still talk to yourself when you're out on stage, or are you are you? Oh of, yeah. now, are you okay.
2: No, I definitely still talk to myself. A lot of the times I'm like. Is this really fucking happening? <laughs> <laughs> For instance, like the last time we played in Sydney, we did that uh, bushfire, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, at the air- stadium. Yeah, the and
1: footy stadium. Yeah, played, that was cool. Yeah,
2: like you know, over seventy thousand people at you know Sydney's stadium, and you know, I'm just looking at it, going, "Is this really happening?" But then I realize that you know I have done this through much smaller uh, crowds in smaller venues, I've been doing it for a long time. So this isn't that much different. You know, I, I said this quote on stage when uh, my own solo band um, it was called Roxy 77 or happy pill at the time we opened up for kiss. Mm-hmm. And I said in the microphone, cause I really felt it at that exact moment. I said, this is just like any other gig, but just a hell of a lot more bathrooms because i was looking at the you know we were it was a stadium gig and and i was looking at all these porta potties that were lined up uh, you know like out you know somewhere on this at the end of the venue and stuff like that and i was just like looking way 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 back there and i was like going people waiting in line to go to the bathroom and i was like going this is like any other club gig that i've done but just like look at a shitload more fucking outhouses. <laughs>
1: so you are. Talk- so you're talking to yourself, and the internal dialogue that you have. It's um, that's big, you know, because what what happens up here manifests in your life, and it comes true for you.
2: Um, well, true, true. But at the same time, you're also. That's half of it. You're half talking to yourself about all this cool stuff that you're taking in and 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 seeing, but you're also thinking like, okay, what's my next part? What's my next? What what are the lyrics? Because I mean, not <laughs> everything is in you know your back. You, know, you gotta sing yeah. songs and you have to play right notes as well. So that does take up um, a lot of the energy as well, which is an important thing to do. At the end of the day, you know people aren't gonna come and see you at a stadium if you're playing fucking wrong notes all the time.
1: What's been your fate? What's been your fate? And this is probably a question that's been that's been smashed to death. But when did you stand there and look out and go, "Oh yeah, this is my dream. I've got it." What was what was your moment?
2: Mm. Wow, that that sort of moment. Um, I don't know if I if it's if it's been a long time ago or like just recently, or just get reinforced every time. Mm. But there's sort of bucket list venues that I got you know, that I've gotten the opportunity to play where I kind of go, yeah, this is what you dreamed about when you were a kid. Like when we were on that Motley Crue tour, we got to play a sold out Madison square garden in New York city, which is wow. like, you know, I'd lived in New York city for, for a, a, a long time. And, you know, that was just one of those venues for any rock and roll musician, you know, you, cause you just think of all, you, know, you just think of kiss and you think of, you know, just Led Zeppelin and you think of all these amazing bands that have, that have played that venue and then you go shit I'm now one of those bands um so that's one of those moments but early on I think maybe the first tour well shit even before that because I was playing with Gilby Clark in um in his solo band and we did a tour of of South America we did um we did where'd we go to um, Santiago, Chile. And then we went over to Buenos Aires. And then we did um, a few other countries in South um, America opening up for Aerosmith. And it was the first time I've ever gotten to play a soccer stadium and with the passion of the crowd. So that was one of those things where it's like, holy shit, this is bigger than any gig I've ever played in my life. So, So, you know, that was one of those moments. And that was before I joined Alice. Um, But then, you know, obviously- throughout those years, gigs, like I was mentioning earlier, the Vakken Festival, when there's like 120,000 people in the audience, that's, our, you know, that's, that's a pretty damn big crowd. Huge. And, you know, Rock and Rio and stuff. So, I mean, those are, those are those moments that, you know, don't happen um, all the time. So like, there's just like a sh- small finite amount of bands that get to play in front of those types of crowds um, all the time. Um, one of the, I guess coolest things about playing with Alice Cooper over all these years is that we've played the entire spectrum. And I think, you know, cause that's another question that comes up is like, Oh, do you like playing club gigs or do you like playing bigger gigs? I'm like, <laughs> I just like playing gigs. I mean, especially <laughs> after 2020, I just like playing a gig. But uh, you know, for instance, when we did do the, the Sydney gig, what was it? What did I call it? I, I came up with the guys in the band. And I said, cause we, what we had done is we had played, an arena, I think the night before. Yeah. And no. then after the arena gig, we played, it was, this was in Sydney. We played a club. We played Frankie's Pizza. Is oh, yeah. It? Yeah.
0: And,
2: and Frankie's, then hell yeah. We played the stadium gig and I called it something. It was like uh, uh SAP or a SAP, cl- SAP, sack pack. That was at sack pack, and it was a stadium um arena club oh cool. uh, and, and I, in, in in 24 hours so I, we got to experience Everything. you know what it was like that whole gam you know that whole spectrum and it was really cool to, to play those gigs in that amount of time and um yeah so there's very few people i think that have been in this in the sack pack if you're, if you're, you're a so- member of the sack pack please come forth and <laughs> uh, come touch with we'd like to hear your story
1: you're so lit up right now. Like, I love that. And I, I want to go back, like when you, when you were first starting out to, to getting to play in the sack pack, like there must have been a time when you were playing in smaller clubs where you did have some doubts and you were like, you know, what, what kept you going when everything around you told you to quit?
2: Um, wow. That's a good question because what does keep one going, you just kind of have to realize that you have to have that patience. I mean, it's, it's, a hard, it's a, such an easy word to say, such a hard thing to, uh, to have. And I just basically would keep telling myself things will work out the way I want them to work out. It's just going to take some time, mm. you know, whatever, whatever it does happen. And that's something that I've sort of tried to tell myself over the last few years is that, try to look at every situation as a positive, mm. you know? And it's it sounds so fucking cliche when you hear someone else say it, I get it. Up to me, it. But doesn't. if you tell yourself that and you can v- convince yourself, you'll kind of realize that, oh yeah, that was really fucked up, but this came out of it eventually. That was bad, but this came out of it eventually. So um I really do feel that if you can like, Assure yourself that no, with all the shit and crap and negativity that comes out, if you can somehow turn it into a positive and sort of take a step back and know that it's going to be a positive and let it just play itself out, it's going to help you out and it's going to make you endure through those shitty times.
1: So when you lose, don't lose the lesson. But when you, were, when you were doing, when you were younger and you were starting out, did you know that one day you were going to be in the SAC club? Did you know that you were going to be doing these big, did some part of you just know that's where you were going to be?
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. Because I, I, I really did uh, say I was going to be the posters on my wall. And now, mm-hmm. you know, most of the posters that I've had on my wall, pretty much all the posters that I had on my wall, I've either toured with those bands met those bands or had some sort of you know conversation with the members of those bands so that to me you know just really gives me but it took a freaking long time (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like i just recently you know uh well no like i I just recently as far as 2000 you know Mm. 15 or whatever had this connection with the guys in motley crew but Guess what? Too fast for love. That that album cover was hanging on my wall in when it first came out in 1983. So you know the, it, it takes time, mm. but it, it it does happen and it will happen. Yeah, and, and especially today when shit's so so accessible, mm. I think musicians are more accessible than ever. Like as long as you're not a dick, and you're not an asshole, and you just ask a, a, a question. Maybe it might not get answered, but I tell you, it'll get it'll get viewed, and someone will take it in. Mm. You know, I, I I've tried that a lot lately with like reaching out to people that I feel are really inspirational and or uh, really good at what they do. And I just say, look, I'll I'll DM them and I'll say, look, what you did was awesome. And I see that some of them have read my message. Some of them never even check messages. <laughs> like if you, if you if you want to put it this way. If you want to send Alice Cooper a message, I can tell you right now, he doesn't have social media. I mean, maybe, maybe if you can get through his wife or his assistant or, or something, but he's pure in that sense. Like, you know, like he has a cell phone, but it's never turned on. Uh (laughs) So maybe with Alice Cooper, it'd be hard to, to get a message through, but you know, so many other people that I have like, you know, tried to reach out to, they, they reach me. They, they actually acknowledge it. And, and a lot of people are happy that, uh, you know, they, they appreciate no one's going to, uh, disparage a compliment. Everybody no. enjoys a compliment. Everyone likes to be recognized for something that they've done. Even mm. if they heard it a million times, even if you go and tell Johnny Depp that he's really good looking, he's going to appreciate it, you know? Mm. So and and the thing is, Johnny Depp is really good looking. And he's also a really great guitar player. He's one of the most yeah, prepared. He he's one of the most prepared guitar players that has ever uh, come up with us on stage. Because he come up with you know before he was jamming with Alice in the Hollywood Vampires, he would come and guest uh, guitar with us, and he really really did. Um, do his homework. I think he viewed it almost like doing a movie um, because he was so well prepared. And Alice Cooper songs are not the easiest songs to just come up and jam. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, I know that song," and they, but they, "Oh whoa, I didn't know that switch happened. Oh, it only <laughs> happened three times instead of four So, you know, uh, hats off to to Johnny Depp for being so well prepared. And um, you know, we had a great time playing all the times that we we, we did jam together. Yes,
1: yeah, shouts out to Johnny Depp because he's definitely listening. So hi, Johnny. Is. <laughs> I,
2: I, I wouldn't doubt it
1: what impact like let's i don't want to tie everyone around if this.
2: his, if his yeah. island has wi-fi i'm not sure if the Wi has private wifi. island is up
1: <laughs> bless him he's gorgeous so method acting it all ties in but again these are the these are the people that really interest me it's crazy passionate you know full of life people that are living their dream and, and doing what they wanted to do since they were a kid and somehow they've figured out how to do it and they're doing it you know no holds barred and you know it's it's, it's inspirational, I think. And that's what I want to take away from this. Like, how can we take a chunk of that? And how can people break it down to implement it into their own lives and make any dream they want become a reality in any, I believe
2: you can, I believe, I believe the tools are there. The platform is there and it's, everything's relative. Hmm. You know, if if you're thinking you're going to get 1.2 million Instagram followers, just because you put out a great song, you know, you're kind of smoking crack, but if you're thinking (laughs) you can, you put out a great song, And you can build something from that and you can sort of start within your own orbit and then grow from there. Then I think it's much more realistic. Mm. I think as long as you can be uh, pragmatic about your success and, you know, think big, but work, um, work small, I guess, in a sense, you know, like concentrate on what's in front of you. Keeping your eye on the end goal, but, you know, definitely keep in mind what small task you have to do to get through that next day. Like my task today is doing this interview. You know, my, my, my ultimate goal is to, you know, basically be on the Joe Rogan podcast and promoting my podcast with mm-hmm. his, you know, gazillion followers. But you are helping me with that, achieve that because I've done, I'm doing yours. I'm gaining experience. I'm talking to you, feeling more comfortable in front of the mic, um, mm, mm. feeling more comfortable with questions. It's like, it's, it's all a, an experience and a learning experience and I'm enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying Enjoy this the
1: elevator. ride. Enjoy the ride. I love it. So what, in, we'll, talk, we'll finish up with this, but what, You mentioned the guitar method and how you want to get a guitar into everyone's hand, how you want to pass the torch of rock and roll to people. What impact does Ryan Roxy want to make?
2: Well, if I can uh, sort of inspire a bunch of, you know, people, it doesn't have to be male, female, old, young, just people to start learning guitar, start their guitar journey. And if they already have started it, get to that next level of performing playing in clubs playing in bigger venues then i will feel that my uh my sort of presence was 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 worth it it was like you know my, the things that i've done um throughout my career as far as you know doing this project amongst this project amongst mm-hmm. this project it has inspired enough people for them to take it on their on their selves to do something you know obviously Whatever it is, I feel you have the power to do. But my focus is music. It's entertaining. It's always been uh, to try and inspire people to do those things. But if you can take my words and my sort of advice and the lessons that I've learned in life and make it work for whatever situation you're in, then that's even better for me because it means that, wow, my words transcended just music. It, It went you know, to, to other walks of life.
1: And that's what I want to do with this podcast, because I can have a wrestler on, I can have a guitarist on, I can have anyone on for any walk of life. And the message is still the same. You have a passion and you have a dream and there are steps and it's not an accident why somebody ends up in front of a big audience there. It's the same. It's there, there is a, there's a method to learning guitar. There's a method to being successful. There's a method. Um, So it's interesting to sort of get feedback and understand how different people achieve that. So thank you, Ryan. Your method, I want to start using it immediately.
0: Yo, what's up, freaks? Envy Marshall here, and thank you for joining the Envy Marshall show with my very special guest, Mr. Ryan F. Roxy. Get your little grubby paws on the System 12 guitar method and take your guitar playing to the next F level. We love you. Link in bio and description.
2: And hopefully, it'll be uh, just making you an even stronger player. So, I mean, ah, I see I get, you I got the so guitar right in back of you right now. And, I, do, uh, I do play, I do play. I just get frustrated. But, wait, you, got, like, but you have, a, is that a music stand?
1: Yeah, I've got huh. a music stand. i got my Vixen album. They're my favorite uh, band. You remember Vixen?
2: Vixen. I just had Cher Ross, the bass player on my Did podcast. You? I love just, her. Yeah. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. One hand washes the other, both hand washes the feet. That's my friend uh, Weeds. That's his advice that he says, because I always pick up on uh, as many good life advice uh, quotes as possible. But yeah, one hand washes the other, both hands wash the feet. I will turn you on to uh, Cher Ross and get her on your show. Amazing! as long as you promise never to have that music stand on stage, because I don't think music stands for (laughs) rock and roll are are cool on stage. One time I went to an Oasis concert and I saw uh, Noel Gallagher with a fucking music stand. And I, I, I I lost a little bit of credibility. It just, it pinched me a little, as much as I love Noel Gallagher, he had a fucking music stand on stage. Unless he had a bone on it then it's fine. He didn't, it was like lyrics or something like that. And I get it. You know, you got to remember lyrics or stuff like that, but you know what? And you're an old Gallagher by a fucking teleprompter. Did
1: he just write the song that day or something? Or was it, it wasn't wonderful, I hope.
2: Dude, I don't know. It was a music <laughs> stand like that. And I get very fearful of it. That's so cool. Just, that that's that's all. It's not yeah. rock and roll. It's Someone told cool. me a long time ago, actually it was Gilby. He said, uh, watches, wearing a wristwatch on stage is not rock and roll. And then he started wearing a wristwatch on stage. So he's like, well, yeah, but this one's rock and roll. was So you can change your mind. It's rock and roll. I'm not saying that, huh?
1: Is this rock and roll? Getting- That's
2: rock and roll. Yes, yes. Making okay. out with your pet dog <laughs> and, uh, on screen a, is completely a metal, fine. I'm not
1: Metallica bandana on, so it's he's forgiven. <laughs> he's forgiven.
2: He looks he looks very very uh, dedicated. He is to, the best thing in the whole
1: world. He's licking you, <laughs> Ryan. Happy Valentine's Day! It was so good to have my happy first Valentine's guest Day to you. Thanks for having me on, Abby. Thank you so much. I can't wait to get stuck into the guitar method wonderful to have you thank you for teaching us so much about your own journey and i just can't wait to see what happens for ryan roxy in 2021 you're a gorgeous thing right thank you so much
2: thank you very much and yeah. i'll see you yeah. and the rest of y'all soon yes see ya. you will
0: Bye. thank you for joining us freaks I highly, highly recommend jumping onto the System 12 guitar method by Ryan Roxy. It's improved my guitaring and it will improve yours too. Keep on rocking, babies. In the background now, my single, The Fire, on Spotify, iTunes Music. Thank you for having my back. I got yours too, babies. I'll see you soon.